Welcome to the Resilient Rainer, the premier podcast focused on mental performance for equestrians and improved horse show performance. Whether you're a rookie rainer or a seasoned competitor, this show is for riders who want to take their skills to the next level and achieve their full potential in the show ring. I'm Nicole Burnett, and I'm a master mindset coach who's obsessed with helping you achieve all those horse dreams you always thought were impossible. Join me each week to develop a show-ready mindset and gain the competitive edge you need to compete with confidence. Well, welcome back to the Resilient Rainer podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Burnett, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Resilient Rainer podcast. This is the show where we dive deep into our minds and how that relates to our horse riding and training and get you so many insights and inspiration to enhance your journey as a horseman and better your riding because the only way to truly level up and the best and fastest way to level up your riding and showing is to train the one muscle that controls it all and that's your brain. So. Today, we're going to get into this just really fascinating topic that applies not just to our riding and our interactions when we're training our horses, but also to your life as well. And if you've never heard of it, we're going to talk about satisficing and maximizing. Now, you might be wondering, that sounds like some big fancy words, Nicole. What does that have to do with horse training? (laughs) What does that have to do with riding and showing? Stick around because in today's episode, we're going to break down these concepts and I'm going to show you how they play a crucial role in your horse adventures. So I'm going to teach you all about what is satisficing and maximizing the pros and cons and finding your balance and how they apply to your horse life. One of the goals for today's episode here is to help you so that you can get the sweet spot where your riding ambitions and life demands can coexist harmoniously. So stay with me and let's uncover the secrets where we can find that perfect balance between satisficing and maximizing in horse riding and training. Now, we need to start with what is satisficing and maximizing? Because there's a good chance that you have no idea what I just said. So we're going to back it up a little bit and just explain it. The concept of satisficing, this was introduced actually back in the 40s, like the 1940s, almost 100 years ago. And this was introduced by a economist. If you didn't know, my bachelor's is an econ, so I'm all about a good economist. So this is an American economist, political scientist, cognitive psychologist, Herbert Simon. He had a book called Administrative Behavior, a study of decision-making processes. So all about how people make choices. And this is a pretty influential work. It was published in 1947. And since then, this has become a foundational text for decision theory, management, psychology. In this book, Simon discusses how do individuals, how do people, especially those if they're in an administrative role, he looks at how when people make decisions, they often would make decisions 
that are not based on optimizing the outcome, but rather they're focused on finding solutions that are good enough or they're satisfactory within the constraints and all the limitations that they face. So he came up with this term that he calls satisficing to describe this process, like I said, where you are looking just for a good enough solution. And I feel like as Western folks, we appreciate that because we all understand the value of some WD-40 and some duct tape and bailing twine, right? <laughs> like, right? Yes. So we often understand what satisficing means, right? Good enough. Like if you've ever been with your kid when they're trying to make a choice and you're like, just pick something, we're going for satisficing here. And so it's interesting because in economics, the traditional economic concept of maximizing an outcome is it's a thing where economists are all about maximizing utility, maximizing the outcome. So it was a really interesting concept to figure out like, well, why are these people not trying to maximize everything? What are they doing? Why are they doing? It? This is not like our academic models. And so Herbert Simon's work, it laid out the groundwork for the understanding of bounded rationality. We're going to use a few big words here. Not a big deal. Bounded rationality and the idea that decision makers, they often operate, they're making these decisions with limitations and informational constraints, right? You don't know everything. So basically the constraints of information, life, our brains, that sometimes we just make a satisfactory, good enough choice instead of an optimal solution. You can always think of that too in the sense of, oh, well, if I'd have known that, I might have chosen differently, but I didn't know that, so I made the choice that I did, right? These are all kind of big academic words to describe this kind of concept, right? So while Simon's original book, he focused a lot on administrative decision-making, the concept of satisficing this has been widely applied and discussed in various fields, including econ, psychology, management. And this has become a fundamental concept when we're talking about how humans make decisions. Now, the really interesting part, you may not want to go back and read an academic text from the 1940s. But if you want a more updated introduction to this, I would recommend the book called Stumbling on Happiness by. Daniel Gilbert. I read this book and it has some pretty life-changing concepts in it because he talks about satisficing as it applies to everyday folks. In this book, he touches upon satisficing as one of the strategies that people use to make choices. And he delves into these complexities of our human decision-making. And the different ways that people perceive happiness and pursue happiness and how these different cognitive biases in our brain can affect the choices we make. So he discusses it as one of these strategies in his book. And so, like I said, this is a much more approachable way to read about satisficing. It's a cool book to read if you're ever interested in, can I be a happier person? <laughs> this is a, a great book to, to pick up. and. In this book, satisficing is presented in contrast to maximizing. 
basically maximizing is you want to make choices that lead to the best possible outcome. And Gilbert explores how people, they sometimes can choose to satisfy to simplify decision-making, reduce the brain power and cognitive effort it takes, especially if kind of this best option might be really overwhelming or unrealistic. So this is just a really thought-provoking read if you're interested in understanding the complexities of human happiness and choice. So that's kind of setting the stage for you on satisfying and maximizing. Well, let's keep going. Now that we've introduced these concepts, let's dive a little bit deeper and explore how they relate to us as horse riders, trainers. Let's see. So to get down to more of a working definition, right? More of using a lay person, like simple words here. Satisficing is all about when we're just wanting to choose an option that is good enough, even if it's not the absolute best or the optimal choice. And so this is a decision-making strategy that prioritizes finding a solution that meets your needs without just this relentless pursuit of perfection. Let me give you an example so that this is all going to make sense. So imagine you go down to your local feed store, your local tax store, and you want to get a piece of tack. Or let's say you just need a new pair of bell boots. You go down, you look there, and you've got a whole array of options, and they all say that they're the best, right? The best bell boots you ever did see. And so if you're a maximizer, you might spend hours just analyzing every single pair of bell boots. You might read reviews online for hours. You might compare prices. Maybe you don't even buy anything that day because you got to go home and look at everything on like three different websites and look at the reviews, look at the prices. This is all in pursuit of the ultimate pair of bell boots, even if the differences are pretty minor, right? And so that's an example of trying to maximize versus in contrast, a satisficer would be like, okay, how big is my horse? What size do I need? You know, like, do they have the size? Maybe my horse is tiny and I need a pair of smalls. So, you know, oh, look, there's one pair of smalls, done. Or you might look at your budget and be like, okay, I've got three choices and my budget is this. Oh, those two are over my budget. Boom, choice made. So you might look at your horse's needs, your budget, available options, and you just make a choice based on what satisfies your requirements. And you just don't get bogged down in some exhaustive quest for the absolute best pair of belt boots. You might go in and you say, I don't care what color they are. I just want them in the right size. And then there's two choices and you grab one and you're done. Or maybe you say, I want a pair of white belt boots to show in. Oh, look, there's three options. That one looks kind of crappy. There's two, but the one in the middle, perfect, done. And so it's just about you make your standards. But as soon as you hit the standard, you stop looking. You're like, it's good enough. It's good enough. We're done. We're moving on. And honestly, this will change your life if you can implement some satisficing into your life, okay? That gives you just a real-life example of picking out some bell boots and how satisficing and maximizing play into that, all right? It's really interesting because I was thinking about this too recently. 
where literally in working my cult today, I'm working with him on learning the word whoa just as a voice command. And so that'll help transfer over under saddle. It's really cool because full context for this, because so in these podcasts, one of the things I like to imagine is that my bestie and I, we talk about everything. And so we'll constantly be like, oh my gosh, I have this idea. Or did you hear about this? Or let's talk about this. And so I imagine these podcasts, like we're kind of horse besties and I've got some really cool things I want to share with you. So <laughs> let me share this really cool thing with you. This last week, I came across a video by Andrea Fapani, who is like favorite rainer. I love watching him ride. And he did a piece with the Horse and Rider magazine. I'll put the link to it in the show notes so you can watch it if you want. It's like 15 minutes of him riding a two-year-old and talking about this exercise. It was really cool because this started my brain thinking about how satisfying and maximizing applies to horse training. So in this piece that he does for Horse and Rider, he is working with the two-year-old to get the horse to stop without pulling on their face. And from a mental performance standpoint, too, I've also got to say, I love his little mental tips where he's like, if you want your horse to understand this, you can't be yammering away and then be surprised when they don't pick up the subtleties of a single word. Like when you're teaching them, you should be focused and present was essentially his thing. But in this exercise, he starts at the walk and then he goes to the trot and then the lope and he's going around and he says, whoa. And then if the horse stops, they get rewarded. They get to just pause. They stop working for a moment. And, you know, it's kind of like, hey, good job. We're stopping. I want you to acknowledge. Because, again, this is all mental performance stuff as it applies to the horse, too, right? But he's saying, like, horse, good job. You need to stop and acknowledge your win. You did what I wanted. Way to go. Great job. So they stop. And then they back up a step or two and turn and go the other direction. And he says, you've got to go the other direction because you did all of this work <laughs> to get your horse to stop and just be like, whoa, we're sitting back. We're doing this. Don't just send him forward. Tell him the release is the other way. The release is not forward after all of that work to get him to stop and kind of go back. It's interesting, though, because he's very good. And this is so universal in horse training, right? If So he says, whoa, if the horse stops, amazing. But it's a two-year-old. The horse doesn't stop every time, right? So if the horse doesn't respond, he gives the horse a moment. And this is all very rapid. It's real time. But he gives the horse a moment to respond. If they don't, he starts picking up on his rein, at least one rein in isolation, to get the horse to stop. I know that this is so universal across horse disciplines that timing in that feel is all about the release. And it's about releasing, not when the horse has stopped all four feet, but it's about, as a writer, when you feel that they're thinking about stopping, right? And so Andrea does a beautiful demonstration of this amazing timing feel. It's a joyful thing to watch. I love it. And this is an example of satisficing in writing as a writer. Because when you want perfection, I think it's fair to say that I love this example from Andrea because it's an error in thinking to say, oh my gosh, top writers and champions want perfection. Okay, that's true. We're all striving to be the best, right? The best. 
And the error comes when you say, I have to demand perfection at all times and all ways. That's maximizing. And it's not going to get you where you want to go. So in our example here with the two-year-old, when the two-year-old is coming along, when you say that's good enough, when the horse thinks about slowing down and you release, that's how they learn. That's how they learn that that's what my rider wanted. Oh, I'm getting it. And then the next time you say, whoa, it takes them instead of four steps to top stop, it takes them two. And then they stop right away and they offer you more and more because you satisfied, because you didn't push for perfection on the first try, because you didn't punish them for having a learning process, because you didn't punish them for being a two-year-old. And this carries out, honestly, throughout a horse's entire career. You have to keep the try and you have to be an effective teacher. And if you are constantly beating up your horse and being like, that's not good enough, that's not right, no, 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 they're not going to want to try for you. And they're not going to understand what it is you want because all they know is what you don't want. So that's why that timing and feel is so important. and. When you release, again, that is an example of satisficing an action. And this shows that when you can satisfy and you can say, that's good enough, this gets back to what I just pound on over and over every day, which is 1% improvement compounded over time. When you get to 1% improvement and you say, that's good enough for today, then you and your horse are excited to come back tomorrow and do another 1%. That is how you get to champion level. That's how you become a million-dollar rider. It's not about demanding perfection in all ways from day one. And I think you guys are going to love seeing this video because, again, it's so powerful to see, like, Andrea's the top rider. This horse is not going to stay at this level, but it's normal. Like, we can just be so unforgiving and hard on ourselves Instead of saying, this horse is 90 days under saddle. It's not perfectly soft and round. The horse is learning things. It didn't stop on a dime right away. And Andrea still said, 1% improvement. You thought about softening and I gave to you. And the horse picked it up like that because he's satisfied. And I think that satisficing is so important in horse training because that is how you really make progress, right? It's about You get that 1% and you go, yes, that's amazing. Good enough for today. Let's go again tomorrow. And it's so important to embrace the 1% improvements, to embrace satisficing. I think that people really get confused because they really think that satisficing means embracing mediocrity. That is totally not the case at all. Satisficing is not about embracing mediocrity. It's not about we're going to settle here and be stuck here in this quagmire forever. Absolutely not. Satisficing is about you set your standard. That's where I really encourage just a 1% improvement. And when you meet that standard, it's good enough. Good enough is good enough. If you haven't met it, we're not done. And so if you want a little softening in your horse, you're waiting until they soften. But the moment they do, boom. 
It's good enough. Good enough is good enough. And this is so amazing. Like I said, I'll put this video in the show notes because it's such a great example of embracing 1% improvement, of satisfying in your writing and training and how powerful this concept is. Because again, if you satisfy at 1% improvement every single day, you're going to have a massive transformation in your writing, massive transformation in your horse. The way Andrea takes those unbroke courses, and yes, they're well-bred, but come on. He takes unbroke horse to maturity winner here. These horses are amazing at what they do. They're money-earning, credit-earning runs all day long, and it's from satisfying in these training, right? Where it's, you set a standard, and then when you meet the standard, it's good enough, all right? So you can build from there. This is amazing. This is transformational and it applies with your horses. This applies to literally everything in your life. And also this can really reduce the stress and pressure, especially if you can have perfectionist tendencies or you just really want to do good because you really care or all of these sorts of things, right? Or if you're very competitive, satisfying can reduce stress and pressure. Not just on the rider, it can reduce pressure on your horse because you know that they feel it. Because it reminds us that it's okay to not push ourselves and not push our horses to the limit in every single training session. By focusing on what is satisfactory, we set the standard. And when you meet that standard for improvement, it doesn't have to be perfect in every way, every day. Rather than obsessing over perfection, this really creates that more relaxed and enjoyable training atmosphere for horse and rider. So you're excited. Your horse is excited. They want to offer more to you. It becomes more fun. And when you can tap into a playfulness, you can really unlock some powerful fun and just skyrocket your progress. So I really want to encourage you guys to think about what's a way that you can satisfy with your horse. Because like I said, this is not about just accepting mediocrity and having complacency or inadvertently stenching our riding. Not at all. This is not just about being content with a level of performance that falls short of our true potential. Absolutely not. It's not what it's about. This is about being mindful of embracing what is the standard? What is progress? What are we trying to achieve? Rewarding effort, rewarding try, understanding that we get more try and more progress when we embrace and appreciate everything our horse does. And just that good enough is good enough. I feel like I'm just going to hammer that over and over because that's really what this is about. Like outside of horse world, This is so funny because you can think of it like if you ever go out to eat, my husband loves to get the same dish. Like I love Thai food. And so he gets the same thing at every single Thai restaurant. And he's like, I'm satisfying. I know what I like. This is what I want. And he'll just get it over and over. He's like, it's great. I know what I like. I enjoy it. I don't need to spend any extra time thinking about it. Like it's good enough. It's great. I like it. So it's really interesting where you don't have to obsess over everything all the time. Okay, so as we wrap up this podcast, let's summarize some of these key takeaways. So we've covered satisfying and maximizing. And 
finding the balance for you between satisfying and maximizing. This is a personal journey and it requires self-awareness and flexibility. You have to be able to set achievable goals. You have to listen to your horse and really embrace the joy of the journey. I encourage each of you to just reflect on your own riding and training experiences. Remember that your path is unique and it's okay to adjust your approach along the way. That's okay to do. So thank you so much for tuning in today and stay tuned for upcoming episodes. Again, if you're actually in a spot where you're ready to reflect on where you're at, check the show notes because I have an amazing free resource that I've created for you that's going to be available all about doing some reflection in a highly effective, proven manner. And I can't wait to share that with you just for free as my gift to you. And always remember that all of this, this is just a path of growth and learning and having fun. So keep riding, keep learning, and just keep striving for the balance that is best for you and your horse. Thank you so much. Always my honor to have you with me each week. I love getting the messages that you guys send me. You can send me an email, Nicole at resilientreader.com, or you can find me on Instagram. I love to hear from you guys. So fun to get your messages and know that this podcast is just having a positive impact in your life and the lives of your horses. So thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to talk to you guys next week and we'll catch you then. Hey there, amazing writers. Before we wrap up today's episode, I've got something truly special for you. As we close out 2023 and start anew in 2024, it's the perfect time to reflect on your equestrian journey and set some exciting new goals for the year ahead. I am thrilled to introduce you to my end-of-year riding reflection worksheet. This isn't just any worksheet. This is your personal roadmap to dive deep into your riding experiences, your dreams, and aspirations to make sure you learn from all you went through this last year and extract the knowledge and wisdom that you need to level up. With this powerful tool, you'll celebrate your achievements, pinpoint areas for growth, and craft a vision for your equestrian journey in this upcoming year. Now, here's the best part. It's absolutely free. It's my gift to you. To get your hands on this invaluable resource, all you have to do is head over to my website, nicoleburnettcoaching.com, or click the link conveniently placed in the podcast description. So saddle up, grab your favorite pen, and embark on this transformational journey of reflection and vision. Let's make the next year your most remarkable one yet.